Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee. She is Tam. Hey, 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 hey. Oh. <laughs> How was your weekend, Tam? Weekend was great. I can't really say I did much because I don't remember anything other than watching some NASCAR. I was ready for the chase. How was your weekend, Renee? My weekend was full of football and full of NASCAR. Perfect. I love it. It's This is the perfect time of the year for me. I can watch all the football I want, and I can watch also a little bit of NASCAR. Now, the only problem is sometimes I will go out with some friends to watch football at some of these sports bars. A lot of times, they don't want to put anything else on but football. So uh, it's like I have to like be the one guy that goes, uh, you think you can put on some NASCAR? And then they look at you like you're crazy. And I'm like, look, I said, I know that sounds weird, but Nevertheless, I ended up getting what I got to watch the race and I was very excited about that, that I was able to watch my team win, which is the Cowboys. I am a Cowboys fan and don't hold that against me. I grew up in Texas. I was born and raised a Cowboy fan, but I also got to watch a little bit of NASCAR. So it was fantastic. Well, I'm going to make two comments to that, Renee. First and foremost, we're in California. So asking someone to turn a channel at a sports bar to a NASCAR race is almost like uh, you committed a crime. And the second <laughs> thing I'll say is, how about those Cowboys? Uh, your quarterback is hurt. What else is new? Yeah, but it looks like the rookie's doing well. And the rookie running back seems to uh, uh having a little bit of uh, Butterfinger problems holding on to the ball. But hopefully he can get that straightened out within the next couple of games because that could have really been a disaster. In any case, well, hold let's up get... before you go into some NASCAR talk. You can yeah. always call Peyton because he's available. <laughs> you know what? That's true. You think he would come out of retirement to play for the Cowboys? It's nah, possible. he's definitely not your boy <laughs> from Green Bay. I think once he decided to retire, that was that. Yeah, he's not going to pull he's a not, Brett Favre. Yeah, then, no, huh? no Brett Favre's over here. <laughs> well, Tam, let's go ahead and just get straight into it. Congratulations to Martin Truex Jr. and his team. Yes, the 78 car is your winner at Chicagoland. I mean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles talk about having hero in a half shell. For all intentional purposes, I expected a good race. Now, obviously, I didn't pick Truex Jr. to win this race, but him winning the race did come out of nowhere for me because I didn't expect that at all. I don't know what your thoughts are on that because I know we talked about like who we thought our winners were going to be. Did you even see Truex Jr. like even remotely winning this race? Renee, you hit it on the nail. I did not see him coming. I did expect him to get out the chase because if you remember, and it's actually posted on our website, so you guys go check it out. We filled out our bracket for our 16 to 12, so the first round. We both agreed that Martin Truex Jr. was going to get out of the first round, but no, I didn't see this coming. I mean, who did we pick last week? I picked Matt Kenseth and Joey Logano. Go yeah. figure. Well, and Logano finished second, so you were close. And the funny thing is, Tam, it's not surprising that he won, I guess, to say, like maybe we shouldn't be surprised because he's had a pretty good season this year. I mean, he really has. But I didn't expect him to win the first race. I mean, I mean he, he had he a pretty great much season. 
He had a great season. And no, nobody expected him to win the first race. I mean, he almost won Daytona. He won the Coca-Cola 600. And then he just won the race a couple of weeks ago. Or was that even two weeks ago? So it's like this is his best season ever. I mean, nobody expected it to happen. But it happened. Yeah, it happened. And he had a really good race. And he obviously had a really good car. And his whole crew did really well the entire day. I would like to point out that Chase Elliott had a very good race himself. Chase Elliott looked like he could have easily won this race as well. Now that really would have came out of left field. That would have came out of nowhere if Chase Elliott had hung on to have won that race yesterday. Renee, uh, but, once again, but once again, he faded. Renee, it was heartbreaking. Honestly, I said, holy crap, look at Chase. I mean, for that matter, I said, holy crap, look at Jimmy Johnson. I mean, and I never thought that I would say that about Mr. Six time, but the Hendrick guys haven't been running well. But Renee, I mean, I was screaming at the TV, go chase, go chase. You know, my favorite thing to say is chase is in the chase, but chase to win a chase race. Oh, my God. Like this was going to be incredible. And it just never fails. It's almost like he has the Martin Truex luck on his back or old Martin Truex luck because clearly Martin (laughs) Truex got some good luck going on these days. Like that dark cloud left Truex and went right over to Chase Elliott. I mean, you can't say it any other way because it makes no sense. And what's really crazy, Renee, is he didn't even finish second. Yeah. He finished third. I mean, and the interesting thing is I kind of think to myself, where did Joey come from? Like, I don't recall paying attention to Joey the entire race. But yet, Joey took second. And just to give you guys a quick recap on the results, Martin obviously won the race. Joey Logano second. Chase Elliott third. Mm. Ryan, Ryan Blaney, that is. Not Ryan Newman. Ryan came in fourth. Bad Brad came in fifth. Denny Hamlin sixth. Casey Kane, who's not in the chase, seventh. Yeah, once again, he's top ten. Yeah. Kyle Busch was in after Casey Kane. Then we had Matt Kenseth at ninth, and guess who came in 10th? Well, Alex Bowman. Yeah, and the number 88. Go, Alex. That was pretty awesome for him to come in 10th. Now, what's interesting is, again, we called two names in that top 10 who were non-chase drivers, being Ryan Blaney and Casey Kane. It's like we talked about Casey Kane last week. Casey, now you want to take up space instead of wasting it. Go figure. And some other notable people who came in top 20 we had jamie mcmurray who's also a chase driver at 11 jimmy johnson at 12 kurt bush at 13 austin mm-hmm. dillon 14 carl edwards 15 tony stewart 16 and kyle larson 18th and kevin harvick 20th why i mention all those drivers is because they're chase drivers and it's interesting to see where our chase drivers are falling in terms of top 10, top 20. Who I didn't mention in that top 20, obviously I didn't give you everybody in the top 20 because I missed the number 19 place, but I wanted to kind of go over some drivers that are in the chase and just kind of mention where they place. And why that's important is because you have a driver like a Chris Busher who is taking up a chase spot and is not performing. Right. He came in 28th. I mean, it may change. He may come in top 10 next race. But at this point, it's almost like it was a wasted chase spot. I don't know. Do you agree? I totally agree. And you know what? Going back to something that you said earlier at the beginning about when you mentioned Joey Logano, it's so funny that you mentioned him finishing second. 
And he admitted afterwards that he probably didn't have the fastest car on the track, but he had a, a fast enough car work. He felt like, if worst case scenario, he had a like maybe a sixth or seventh place finish in the race. But somehow he beat that and finished second. And Kislowski was like, well, they didn't have the fastest car either, but he thought maybe he could have finished third or fourth. He ended up finishing fifth. So I think with that being said, that Team Penske, they have quietly, and this is a quietly type of thing, they quietly have a nice momentum going into the next week in the next race because I would imagine seeing them probably making some waves next weekend. But I thought that that spoke volumes. And going back to what you were saying about Blaney, here's a guy who clearly out of nowhere could have won that race as well on top of Chase Elliott. Now, on that restart, I don't know what it is with restarts, but it just seems like Chase Elliott has the worst luck on restarts when it gets closer to the end of the race, when it's crunch time. And like, I'll go back to saying what I've said before. I don't know if this is a mental thing or what. It just seems like he just has the worst of luck on restarts. You know what I mean? Chase is suffering from what Junior used to suffer from. They couldn't get it together on the restart. I've said this a couple of times before in the podcast, but if you recall, Junior had the same issue on restarts where he just couldn't get it together and he would always lose a couple of positions. With Chase, I'm not quite sure what's going on. But one thing I will say is that the Hendrick guys, they showed up. But I'm actually disappointed because Hendrick guys, you had Chase take the third position, Casey in the seventh position, you had Alex Bowman in the tenth position, and then you had Jimmy Johnson in twelfth. I mean, in twelfth is not bad, but Jimmy, you're a Mr. Six Time. How you let the young guys show you up? <laughs> That's I mean, a good point. Alex is not even a chase driver. And it's so funny how this all is unfolding. It's nice to see how like some of these younger drivers are kind of like starting to fill into these spots. They're doing it. I mean, maybe they can't finish, but they're there. I think that says a little something. Somebody made this point, Tam. Earlier today, I was watching NASCAR results on uh, TV, and they were actually comparing Chase Elliott's career so far to Jeff Gordon's career early when he first started. And, I mean, you want to talk about identical numbers? They have almost identical numbers in every category that they threw up. So, in a way, they were like, look, Chase Elliott may not be able to finish these races or uh, looks like he's mentally falling apart on restarts. And they compared it. Jeff Gordon did the same thing. And then all of a sudden he rattled off. He started rattling off wins and just seemed like he was the only one that could win and nobody could beat him. So I think Chase Elliott does have a long career ahead of him. So are we jumping the gun on maybe he's like too weak-minded? Maybe a little bit, but I don't want to say that I'm calling him weak-minded. I'm just saying as of right now, it seems that he's having a mental problem on restarts and finishing when he's in the lead. But I have to admit, I see Chase Elliott in years to come with a heck of a lot of wins underneath his belt. So I don't want to make it seem like it's all just his fault. Renee, you know, I definitely would have to disagree with using any type of terminology that refers to this guy as weak-minded. Maybe you you were looking for some different words, but those aren't the words that I would use. Chase right. Elliott is a superstar. He is the sports future. I just cannot, for the life of me, understand what is exactly going on with him. But he, once it clicks, is going to click and he's going to win. It's oh, yeah. almost like if you look at Kyle Larson's situation. Kyle was there, but no cigar. But when it started clicking... As they would say, baby, it started clicking. So I, I just think it's a matter of time for Chase where it's going to all come together. And the great thing is, is that we both have him 
moving on from the first round of the chase. So it should be interesting. I think maybe, you know what, I'm going to go on record and say that I believe Chase will get his first win as a NASCAR Sprint Cup driver in the chase. Oh, that's bold, but I think it can happen. It's bold, but you're right. It can happen. So we did have a little bit of drama on the uh, racetrack this past weekend, Tim. Uh, and I'm talking about the drama between Truex Jr. and Harvick. I don't know if you caught that, but it seems like at one point there was a bump that Harvick gave Truex. And Truex took exception to that and let him know that by sticking his hand out of the window. And I think you can kind of guess what he did. But I don't know like if this is like some real drama or what. But Truex Jr. said after the race he didn't know why Harvick had bumped him. But he said like before the race next week he was going to talk to Harvick and ask him hey look do we have a problem I don't know about any history between Truex Jr. and Harvick what do you know of any history there that could play into this at all there is no history but I'm speaking directly to Martin I know he's not listening but I'm putting it in the air do not on any level go up to Kevin Harvick because Kevin is not a talker we already know Kevin will throw those fists and we already know the wife will defend him. So, Martin, yeah. do yourself a favor. Just chalk it up to the game. Clearly, Harvick was mad at whatever happened because he came in 20th and leave it at that. But don't go looking for no drama with him because yeah, he, he can will ask, bring it. He can ask Kislowski about that, too, I'm sure. Exactly. And you know what I would say to that? There's a reason why him and Tony are teammates. Leave it at yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. I couldn't imagine Truex going over to Harvick before he would like to maybe just go over to Keselowski and go, hey, look, you think I should confront this guy? <laughs> maybe Keselowski could give him some words of advice. <laughs> yeah, don't, look, don't, <laughs> it, don't it, do it. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> In any case, keeping on with Truex Jr., I'm sure just as much as everybody knows at this point, after the race, Truex Jr. failed post-race inspection again. There were some other drivers that failed inspection, including Jimmy Johnson and Matt Kenseth. Oh, However, wait, Matt Kenseth failed? Oh, I'm sorry, not Matt Kenseth, just Martin Truex Jr. and Jimmy Johnson. I apologize. Matt Kenseth was just the other one that was penalized for... Uh, speeding on pit road sorry so i got that mixed up but the only ones that failed post-race inspection were truix jr again but also jimmy johnson also failed his post-race inspection the reason why this is a big topic right now and it's such a touchy subject is because truix jr not only did he win the race but he failed post-race inspection and according to the rules this kind of gets confusing i don't know about you tam but this is so confusing to me because i really don't understand the rule as it pertained to this particular subject but it's the laser inspection that they do at the end of the races now it was only off like 0 0.010 thousandths of a, a something a, we don't however even they know. put it yeah you know what i'm talking about though right yeah and i understand that the rule is is what it is but it's so confusing because is it cheating or is it not cheating you know okay and my alan iverson voice we talking about post-race inspection we talking about post-race inspection you listen to the show each week my stance is very clear it's just too much inspection 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 because just to your point not only did jimmy johnson and martin truex jr fail post-race inspection they actually called three cars to the nascar r&d center after the race which included martin joy and chase and although they said those cars were chosen randomly how ironic 
first, second, and third place cars were called to the NASCAR R&D Center in North Carolina. Right. I personally think it's just too much inspection. But a bigger issue here, we're always talking about some simple rule that in the bigger scheme of things, you said the laser was off by 0.06 thousand something something quarter yeah. of a second. Did right. it really make a difference? Just asking, just saying. Well, and that's a good point. And now NASCAR officials said that it was only a P2 failure. Now, whatever level that is, I guess it wasn't enough to like really. Like yeah, they're not going to take a, away his wins. But I think with a, P2, a level P2 or however you call it, I think that's where they penalize the team. They penalize the driver and the crew chief. But the interesting thing is this is, I believe, a reoccurring issue for Martin Truex. So it should be interesting to see. And we're recording this show prior to the announcement because I think NASCAR usually comes down on a Wednesday with their penalties. It should be interesting to see what happens. I think we all are aware at this point NASCAR has kind of said that they're not going to disqualify his win. But Yeah, and, and see, that's the other thing that's so confusing because then you go, well, if Truex Jr.'s car was off and Jimmy Johnson's car was off, well, why is... Because then some people will go, well, why is why is Jimmy Johnson getting a 10-point deduction and Martin Truex Jr. is not? And I understand that Truex Jr.'s car was only off by 10 thousandths of a degree in the right rear. And some people might argue, well, it's, it's still cheating just as much as Jimmy Johnson's car, if it was off, is cheating. So why not take 10 points from both drivers? This is where it kind of gets confusing and it's frustrating. And I understand where you're coming from, Tam. It's like just too much inspection. And now I'm glad I'm not part of the officiating crew that needs to like fix this whole mess. But a rule is a rule. And I totally understand that. But it's really confusing to the average fan of NASCAR. And I can completely understand why people would get frustrated by some of these rules. The problem is, there's always some rules with NASCAR. The rules are constantly changing to the point where you can't even keep up with them. Here's the one thing I will say that I kind of am not in favor of when it comes to NASCAR. They'll go back in the office and change a rule tomorrow. Yeah. And you look at Major League Baseball, you look at the NFL, they don't make changes like that. Usually when they implement a change, it's for the next season. It's not the next week. I mean, even when you think about the rules packages, NASCAR changes the rules package per race. We got low down fours, up fours, all this low spoilers, no spoilers. I mean, and I'm just throwing some stuff out there. Calm down, guys. I know what I'm talking about. Just, you know, (laughs) this is for sake of entertainment. But it's just always something changing. Well, And we've talked about this a few episodes ago. Yeah, and I have the same kind of problem that a lot of these other people that I hear talking about this, I also have the kind of like that same problem. Here we should be like talking about the race itself, who won the race, how awesome of a race it was. And yet this whole thing has been overshadowed by post-race inspection failures by the winner and other drivers and what a big fiasco this all is. And it kind of takes away from that. So as a NASCAR fan, and because this podcast is a NASCAR podcast for fans by fans, I too am frustrated at the fact that we can't even sit here and talk about Truex Jr. winning the race how awesome the race was because I personally thought it was an awesome race. I actually enjoyed watching the race. I thought it was really good. I thought it was entertaining. And like I said before, at the beginning of this podcast, my drivers may not have won, but it was kind of actually awesome to see Truex Jr. 
win the race. And even though it kind of came out of nowhere, I actually had a good time watching the race, didn't you? You know, I really enjoyed this race. It went by quick. I will say that it's interesting because I feel like last week I was like, oh my God, I need a nap. This race is dragging on. But this race was pretty interesting from start to finish. Like, I can't say enough about our Fantastic Four, which we haven't mm -hmm. talked about, but our Fantastic Four did well. I mean, look at it. We had Chase in third. We had Ryan in fourth. Now, Austin Dillon didn't really show up, but he did come in 14th. Right. And who else am I missing from our Fantastic Four, Renee? Oh, we talked about Chase Elliott, and we talked about Kyle Larson, and we talked about Ryan Blaney. And then you just mentioned Austin Dillon finishing kind of low in the pole there on 14th. But, I mean, I thought all the Fantastic Four that we've talked about this entire year have done pretty well. I mean, look at them. They're all in and... Yeah, we they, had they two did. top five. Yeah. And then, of course, we have to mention our honorary fantastic member, Chris Busher, who came in 28th. I almost feel sorry for him because he's like reverting. At this point, like, dude, you're in the chase. Step up. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why last week I picked him not to move on to the next round. And this is just a perfect example of what I mean. I just didn't think he was just that ready to be in that kind of position. And you know what? Like I've said, I've said things about other drivers all year long, and they've literally proved me wrong almost the entire year. So you never know. I mean, Chris Buescher, for all intentional purposes, might come back next weekend. Heck, he might finish in top five. I don't know. He finished exactly where I I thought he would finish and that was way in the back so as far as the other fantastic four is concerned i was highly impressed with all four of them to tell you the truth they did really well well it should be interesting to see what happens next week so let's turn a page this chicagoland was all about the teenage mutant ninja turtles they got me to thinking Dude, it's mid-September and we've yet to find out who is going to be the title sponsor for NASCAR's premier series going into next year. Yeah, so one of our listeners DM'd us on Twitter. And if you guys don't know what the DM is, a direct message on the Twitter. Our listener said, hey, any idea of what's going on with the new NASCAR sponsor? And I said, it's a good question because it's been a bit quiet. I do know they had narrowed it down to eight to nine different sponsors that were vibing for the title sponsor but it should be really interesting to see i mean i have my own thoughts i actually think that it's going to be a entertainment type company or it's going to be somebody from within the sport that's already sponsoring it like i can really see it becoming the goodyear cup something like that i don't you know think what? it's going to be somebody that's outside the sport i think it's going to come from within what do you think renee I think I'm going along the lines of somebody that's already in the NASCAR family somehow or has some kind of relation to NASCAR already. I just don't see anybody coming from the outside in, like just out of the blue. I think it would have to be somebody that knows the sport, understands the sport, maybe has some kind of relationship with the NASCAR family already. So yeah, I would imagine that it's going to come within the NASCAR world. I don't see anybody kind of like, and, and you know what? The Goodyear Cup, that's kind of catchy. I kind of like that. The Goodyear Cup. Ah. <laughs> tweet us or hit us up on instagram or you can leave a comment on the website hey if you guys haven't checked out the website it's pretty cool give you our last lap 
Insider every Monday where we recap the races throughout the week. Of course, we post the podcast on Wednesdays. And other times we may post some cool photos. So make sure you check out the website. It's allturnsnobreaks.com and hit us on the Twitter at turnsnobreaks and on Instagram at turnsnobreaks. So we are going to get to our predictions for New Hampshire. But before we go to predictions, we are going to jump into our fan comment of the week. This week's fan comment comes from the Reddit board. You know, we couldn't stay away. We actually love the Reddit board because the things, and I want to say another word that starts with an S, but this is a PG podcast. The things that come out the mouths of you NASCAR fans is amazing. This comment simply states, after seeing this thread, I hope we don't look back on Truex as the guy who became a villain right as he hit the peak of his career. That was from user Winston Cup 426 How about that? And if you guys don't know the reference, I'm sure you do, but once upon a time... <laughs> Many years ago, it was called the Winston Cup before it was called the Sprint Cup. How about that? So again, user Winston Cup 426, he writes, after seeing this thread, I hope we don't look back on Truex as the guy who became a villain right as he hit the peak of his career. That was in response to the question that was asked, and it was actually the title of the Reddit board, where the question was, anyone else tired of the poor Martin Truex stuff? This thread currently, as we speak, has 237 comments. And as you can imagine, NASCAR fans went in. So this question was posed about, are we tired of the whole poor Martin Truex stuff? And The guy who wrote the question said that he was tired of the Martin Truex sympathy train on NBC and Fox and that they've pushed it all year and that there are plenty of drivers who have wives that are excited when they win and plenty of drivers, families who have health issues and so on and so on. I mean, he went pretty hard in the paint and then he signed it rant over. So that just goes to show you he went on for a little bit. So I chose that comment about whether or not we're going to look at Truex as the guy who became the villain because NASCAR fans are a little fickle. And as another commenter said, it's funny how people on the NASCAR Reddit board have flipped on Truex in just a few short months. Then somebody also wrote, once you start winning in NASCAR, it's not good for your popularity unless you're JR, as in Junior, or Gordon. All these comments are pertinent because they're true. NASCAR fans, you don't know what you want to do. You're mad one week, you're happy the next. I mean, it's just like Kyle Busch. You guys hated Kyle Busch. And when he won the championship and went through everything that he went through last year with his broken leg and foot, you guys cheered him. But if you notice, you're back to booing him. Joey Logano, he was booed something awful when he hit the stage in Chicagoland. And of course, we already know every Everybody boo bad Brad. I can guarantee you if Joey wins the Sprint Cup championship, you guys will cheer this guy for the first three months of the season and then you'll get back to booing him. You Renee, what, that... do you have any thoughts on the comments? Yeah, I understand where some of these comments are coming from and I totally get it. As a fan of sports in general, a lot of different type of sports, not just NASCAR. 
I can understand some of these comments because when somebody keeps winning, you do get tired of it. Some people are tired of seeing the Patriots going back to the Super Bowl. Let's be honest. Some people get tired of seeing the Yankees always winning, even though they haven't been winning lately. But you know what I'm saying? I'm just using that as a kind of like an example. Maybe Truex, he's been having a really good year. And maybe at first, he deserved some of that sympathy. But this whole year, it probably is the best year of his career and well-deserved. I just think that what's happening is now that he's winning and he's winning consistently, I think because some people feel that the media is still giving him this kind of sympathy type of foundation to still stand on and use as a tool to build him up. I think they're tired of that. And they're like, okay, you know what? We were with you when he had a dark cloud over his head and he couldn't win a race. And we get like his girlfriend and the whole, you know, beating cancer thing. That was one thing. But now all of a sudden they're tired of it. I'm kind of totally with you. I mean, NASCAR fans are so fickle because if it's not their driver, they could care less. I mean, I'm sure any Jimmy Johnson fans out there could care less if Truex had a dark cloud over his head. Looking at it away from sports is very thankful and their thoughts go with his girlfriend beating cancer. But you think they really care whether Truex Jr. keeps winning races? No, they want to see Jimmy Johnson win races. Matt Kenseth fans want to see Matt Kenseth win races. Kevin Harvick fans want to see Kevin Harvick win races. They don't care about Martin Truex Jr. anymore. They're done with that. The more and more they hear this, it gets old and they get tired of it. So I kind of understand from a fan standpoint. But at the same time, hey man, you know what? He's just hot right now. He's hot. And all of this is just kind of like hitting him at the wrong time. And what I mean by that is all of this negativity on this Reddit board of they're tired of hearing that sympathy card for him. I don't know. I mean, is it too much? I'm not the one to say, but I just think the guy is hot right now. And all the success is well-deserved. His team puts together a good car and the failed inspection maybe say otherwise. But you know what? He's winning. And Jimmy Johnson ain't. And Matt Kim's a thing. Well, here's the bottom line. It's not his fault the media can't find anything else to talk about. I mean, I will say this because although this is a NASCAR podcast for fans by fans because we're fans, I guess we're somewhat in the role of media because we are reporting on stories and there are opinions. And yeah, we talk about our Fantastic Four each week. Maybe we're beating a dead horse in the mouth. I don't know. Is that the way you say it? Regardless, I think we keep it fresh. By the way, guys, this is our 20th episode. Wow. Just kind of throwing that out there. I mean, we (laughs) did talk about Kyle Larson versus Chase for a minute, but I don't feel as if we beat that in the head. Now, maybe for lack of a better term, the media is playing on this whole Truex Sherry Pollock's thing and taking it a bit too far. But that's not Martin Truex's fault, and it's not a reason for you guys to hate him. Before we switch over to our predictions, I do want to read two more comments. One other user wrote, To be fair, when Gordon started winning, it was the worst thing for his popularity, let alone when he became capable of battling Earnhardt every week. The Rainbow Warrior was hated at one point. But I feel like, is it that the new kid is always hated? Before you answer that question, I'm going to read another comment. And this comment simply states exactly. NASCAR fans hate good drivers. Once someone starts winning, they start spouting cheater 111 and act like they are Satan on earth. 
I can't say NASCAR fans act like the person is Satan on earth. But yeah, I mean, I just think psychologically, losers don't like winners. And I'm not saying everybody that's hating is a loser. But when you're hating on someone for no good reason, you're a loser. Hello. It's one thing if you're consistently caught cheating and you're winning races all the time. Because then you got to go, okay, he's a good driver, but... He's always failing inspections or he's always failing this or his team is always getting caught doing that. That's one thing. So I can understand that. But in a NASCAR specifically, it goes back to what I said. See, everybody has a favorite driver. So unless your driver is winning, you could care less about anybody else. Now, maybe you might have a soft heart for a, another driver and go, well, you know what? We don't usually see that guy win a race. So it's good to see David Reagan win. Okay, I get it. But like going back to what you were saying about when Jeff Gordon started winning all these races, you don't think that there was a lot of fans out there that got tired of seeing Jeff Gordon win every single week? I mean, you, you got to be crazy if you didn't like that, if you were a Casey Kane fan or a Dale Earnhardt fan or whatever fan you were. If your driver's not winning, you don't care about anybody else. That's just the way NASCAR fans think. Now, like I said, I'm sure they have a soft heart for somebody else that they go, oh, okay, well, you know what? Yeah, uh, congratulations to that guy, you know, uh, well-deserved. But next week, it's all about my driver again. So, and that can go on with any sport. It doesn't have to be with NASCAR. You know, if your favorite team is the Atlanta Braves, you always want to see the Atlanta Braves win. You know what I mean? If your favorite team is the Kansas City Chiefs, you know what? Then you always want to see the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's just the way it is. Well, on that note, we will leave it at that because we can go on and trust me, there are a bunch of comments on that Reddit board that some of them are just downright hilarious. I can't make this stuff up, but someone did because they thought it and they wrote it and posted it on the NASCAR Reddit board. We did post some of these comments on Twitter, so make sure you guys check out our Twitter account. Again, it's at Turns No Breaks. And I actually think we may post some of these comments on our website because, let's face it, they're hilarious. It is time for predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Renee, who you well, got? Okay, so here we go with predictions, Tam. Now, you're going to hear it first right here, and I mentioned these guys earlier in the podcast. But if you don't think Team Penske is going to go back-to-back one and two this next weekend, and I don't know if it's going to be Joey Logano first and Brad Keselowski second, or Brad Keselowski first and Joey Logano second, but I see Team Penske going one and two. Now, with that being said, I'm going to take this opportunity just to give a outside dark horse and if it's not one and two team Penske you might see a Denny Hamlin in there somewhere so I'm just gonna throw that in there but don't be surprised if you see team Penske one and two and I don't know which car it's gonna be the 22 or the two or the two the 22 but that's my pick I'm sticking with it so Renee you're going with the twos two 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 you should play yeah, the numbers or the lotto right okay and one number 11 <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean you know what that's not a bad idea we should actually think about that because you got 222 two, two, and 11. 222 yeah, I should go to Vegas and play roulette and just put my uh, chips all on uh, numbers that have two in it. Yeah, that's something I've never done before, which is weird because I lived in Vegas. I just never was into gambling. But that's a whole side note. Maybe next week I'll tell you guys about that. Okay, so before I give you my predictions, you know the drill. I always give you a little bit of history. 
And that history lesson consists of me telling you who the last five winners were for the race. In New Hampshire, we have two races each year. We have a July race and we have an August race. Our last five winners for our July race was in 2016. And that was just, hello, two months ago, Matt Kenseth. 2015, we had Kyle Busch. 2014, we had Brad. 2013, we had Brian Vickers. 2012, Casey Kane. And 2011, we had that guy, Ryan. In our August race in 2015, we had Matt Kenseth. 2014, Joey Logano. 2013, Matt Kenseth. And 2012, Denny Hamlin. And of course, Smoke. Smoke actually won in New Hampshire in 2011. Go figure. Xfinity. We'll just keep it very short. Kyle Busch has dominated the Xfinity races. He is a five-time winner in New Hampshire, and Bad Brad is a two-time winner. So now that I've given you the history lesson, I'm going to give you my unscientific pick. And I am, for whatever reason, going to go back to back, and I'm going to pick Matt Kenseth again to win, and Joy Logano is going to be my dark horse. My brain is telling me to go with Kyle Busch, but I'm going to stick with Matt Kenseth and Joey Logano. So those are my predictions. Fantastic. And like always, everybody, we always appreciate you guys tuning into our podcast, All Turns No Breaks. We love your support. We love to hear from you. Please hit us up on our social media, like Tam said. You could also hit us up on our personal social media. You can find me on Instagram. Twitter, and Snapchat at It's Renee Garcia. That's at I-T-S-R-E-N-E-G-A-R-C-I-A at It's Renee Garcia. Please hit me up and Tam will tell you where to find her at. You can find me at I am Sincerely Tam across the board. Perfect. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being NASCAR fans. Thank you for listening to our podcast. This is a podcast for fans, by fans. Thank you so much for joining us and we will see you here next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 